This is the S Rock Podcast. Francis Naganu keeps his belt against Serial Gun in a fight that went kind of in the way I expected, but also in the way I didn't expect, right? Didn't expect Francis Naganu to 100% rely on his wrestling and grappling to get the win against Serial Gun. I don't think anyone did. I think everyone's going to cover that. That's going to be the amazing part of it. Uh, the real quick thing I'll say about John Jones, because you know we're going to get into John Jones, but quick thing is, I see people saying that, you know, John Jones now, it's like, it makes more sense, right? And people feel like he has a better chance now, after seeing that fight, that he can beat Francis Ngannou. I'm going the opposite way with this. The whole thing with John Jones is he knew he needed to wrestle Ngannou. Now Ngannou has some form of grappling. He's getting better, and because of his strength, he's going to be able to move faster um, he's going to be able to move faster past like the learning curve, right? Because he can learn the techniques and be good at it, right? But there's still going to be those little kinks that he'll have. He can muscle through those little kinks in his game. So him showing the grappling and not being able to land on cereal, but showing that he could go to the grappling kind of, to me, was just like eliminate any chance John Jones really had in that fight. And I 100% mean that. I mean, I've been saying that Gone would knock out Jones. But I think that as far as, like, now that he can grapple and it's not like, you know, it's not like Derek Lewis just, like, muscling it through. Like, no, there's technique to it. There's a strategy to it. And he's so strong when he does it. I just can't see it. I just, to me, it just eliminated John Jones. Uh, any opening or window for John Jones to win the fight, they're really eliminated for it. But let's get to the fight with Nagano gone. And uh, Nagano came out exactly how I said. I said he'd probably give up the first two. I thought he won the first round. A lot of people said he lost first round. I don't know what Gon did to win the first round. Um, he landed like a, maybe a, a spinning sidekick. That was about it. And really, Gon put it on him. And at one point, uh, Gon, I mean, Nagano put it on him. And at one point, Gon complained about a low blow in the fight. It, you know, the ref never st- said keep him up. He never said anything. So, to me, it's just that's just a body shot. And Nagano worked off of that. He was the, aggress- the aggressor in that round. He also held Gon against the fence um, a majority of the time in that round. I just thought it was, I, to me, it wasn't a hard round to score. I, I found it was closer than any of the other rounds, but that was a Nagano round. Second round, Gon won by just really tapping the, with a leg kick. I told you that he wasn't, he doesn't really necessarily go hard on leg kicks. In some fights, I had seen that he would switch and go harder. He didn't do that in this fight. And then, so, you get into the third, fourth, and fifth round. Nagano controls the grappling. Um... Gets takedowns, gets to the back. I told you he get to the back of this fight because Gon has that bad habit of giving up his back. It's like a defense mechanism. Especially when guys get behind him, he he kind of turtles up to his back. Nagano wasn't really able to make him pay in that position. In the fifth round, uh, Gon gets a takedown, right? Gon gets a takedown. Nagano sweeps him because Gon goes for like a, a leg lock to like a, a um like a leg lock to like a heel hook. And when he does that, and Nagano kind of like, he really has a towel. Like he, he really puts his, he puts his leg all the way out like he's going to go for the sweep. Like to get the momentum for the leg to go for the sweep. I mean, Gan should have saw that like about a mile away, right? He also, Gan also has his left arm trapped. And on that same side, Nagano is uh, putting his leg out for the sweep. With all those tails, Gan still goes to pull up, sit back and grab the, to grab the leg and the leg lock for the heel hook. And Gan just... And Nagano just has all everything he needs at that point to sweep him. It was re- literally like a rookie mistake. 
and I'm not a person like, you know, high level jiu-jitsu. I've just done jiu-jitsu before, but I saw it. Like if I'm being able to tell you how I saw it and break it down that clearly, that means it was pretty obvious. And I just think that Gon just kind of was saw opening of maybe it's like a hope, a glimmer that he could finish the fight there. And he was like, I'm going to take it if I have it right here. It was a mistake. Nagano gets on top. To me, I scored it four rounds to one. If you have a three-two, that's fine. You know, the UFC. Uh, one thing my brother pointed out. Maybe we'll talk about this more in the Moreno, uh, Figueroa fight. Uh, that that was a pretty good point. It's like five-minute rounds are actually pretty hard to score because the matter of focus and memory in that tight. Because you would think five minutes, well, you know, well back in memory, be it could be like if you're landing, if you're counting shots, right? And you're like, okay, he's landing more now. He takes the lead, especially in a close round. Five minutes is a wide gap. Like, your early work could be forgotten. Like, say if you got off in the first round, you got four minutes, rounds, uh, three minutes of stalling, and then last minute, the other guy gets a flurry off. It's like, wow, you know, how good is your memory to remember who who did more work, right? That five minutes is a long portion of score. And I think that's why maybe a lot of arguments can happen in, like, MMA with the scoring. Because if you have arguments in boxing on scoring in a three-minute round, a five-minute round... Yeah, I mean, it, it just depends on, you know, what you value and if you can remember the flurry early compared to the flurry late or flurry in the middle of the round. But I had it 4-1, right? I did not uh, feel like Francis Tagano was ever really in a threat to lose this fight. Um, some people had 2-2 going into the the fifth. Like I said, in UFC, there's only five rounds, so it could always be kind of close if you really think about it. I think, um, I don't think Gon really took the chances necessary to win a title fight or win this fight. He never sat down on anything. He never really, to me, applied offense, uh, uh, effective offense. He didn't. He did not. He he did a light little late kick, which I, I told you he was going to do, but he never sat on his punches. He never, even in like the fourth and fifth round where it felt like Nagano was kind of like slowing down or, you know, it at least felt like he was preserving a lot of energy. God never said, like, I'm going to throw or get in on him. He never did. He never took any chances. And I I just can't I couldn't see him winning the fight. Or I just didn't see anything that was, like, showing me, like, oh, in these late rounds, he's going to be a problem. Because he, he never looked like he was willing to take that chance to win the fight. He never looked like he was willing to take that chance to win the fight. It was funny to me because I felt like Francis Nagano had turned into Stipe. And... Gone was Nagano in the first fight. But the problem is with that is Nagano took chances to win that fight against Stipe. He landed. Gone never took chances in this fight. He never took chances. I mean, okay, yes, you, you can move around. Um, you know, he kind of, I felt like he kind of overmoved in the first round. Like, he really overmoved. Like, he just really stood out of the pocket. If you have the energy to do it, that's fine. But if you're going to do that, it better be to, you know, tire out Francis, right? And you're going to put it on him late. Never did that. He never took that chance. And to me, that's why I had it 4-1. I just, besides the second round, it just never felt like he really threatened him with anything. So Francis wins that fight grappling. I think that if Gon really takes a chance in that fight, I, I think, you know, Nagano would have won. I think Nagano would have landed big. I think there's a reason why um, Gon didn't take the chance. Also, you know, the thing we have to realize too is, you know, you see wrestlers where they're, like Usman, right? Usman really pays off. His stand-up really uh, gets better because of his wrestling. Because people are so afraid of the takedown. They, it's like a constant thing in the back of their mind that allows him to get off shots because they're like 
waiting for the waiting for him to shoot for a double leg or get in on them. With Francis, his power and his striking helps his takedowns. So when you when they when they were grappling against the fence, it's like Gunn is yes, he's like defending the takedown, but he's also like, I can't let this guy take a step back or try to explode in the spot. So he's constantly cautious of it. And that's gonna help him with the, it helps Nagano with his takedowns, helps him with his grappling. So Nagano wins this fight. And not saying that this fight couldn't be more competitive. I don't it's definitely not an immediate rematch type of fight. But this is gonna be a lesson for Gone of in those type of situations, does he have that, right? Because in other fights, he really never needed to show that. That I can sit down and take some chances and I'm willing to trade and willing to apply some pressure. Like, he just kind of felt comfortable in a lot of, a lot of his fights. So now we're going to have to find out if he can do that and to make himself the credible threat against Francis. Okay, so Francis is not ever going to be able to keep a fast, extreme, fast pace with his punches. He's just not going to be able to do that. He's going to have to preserve. And if God's going to win, he's going to have to put that, put it on him at points. Didn't show he could do that. He's going to have to show that to work his way back to the title picture. I'm, I picture Gone getting back to the title picture, but that's going to be the hurdle, right? And, you know, you might think you see the heavyweight picture now in MMA, in boxing and anything. Those divisions like that, it could crumble quick and you would have five new contenders out of nowhere. Gone looks to be, you know, number two, but he's a distant two to me, Nagano. And he's still growing as a fighter, but so is Nagano is growing as a fighter. That's the scary part. Is he still growing as a fighter? Now we get to Nagano's contract, what they're going to do. The problem with this, and I, I, I heard on um, Morning Combat that, you know, they kind of felt like maybe this didn't uh, help him in his negotiations. This fight might have actually hurt him in his negotiations. I don't agree with that. I think the smart thing is, and the reason why this makes it so interesting is he has something to wage against the UFC, right? He has the boxing fight. He has a boxing fight with Tyson Fury. He could do it with Dante Wilder. He could do it with Anthony Joshua. He could do it with Joe Joyce. And there's money there that is probably greater than what the UFC has to offer. So he has some money outside the UFC that's something. UFC usually doesn't have to battle that out, right? Like Usman probably doesn't have a, a fight other than maybe like what Jake Paul that Usman probably doesn't want to do. Um, outside the UFC that would, you know, make it hard for UFC to negotiate with them. When Nagano has that, and he probably has a big, massive payday from Bellator or any of these other rival uh, MMA promotions, that's where it gets interesting. Now, Nagano has to wait till December to get out of his contract. I don't necessarily want to see Nagano leave the UFC, but I do want to see if this is could be something where, you know, fighters get better pay and this could be the guy to do it he's only 33 34 ish you know 33 34 is one of those um for heavyweight that's young he's a young buck and especially mma um and especially even in boxing uh he's, he's still young so he has a lot of fights ahead of him so he's he's in a good spot uh to be negotiated with the ufc he's got good things going for him uh, as far as gone there's plenty of guys for him to fight I just think he needs to show that next gear that he can be aggressive when he need to. He kind of showed that against Derek Lewis, but Derek Lewis, like I said, going into this fight was kind of defeated in his own mind and was kind of just ready to wilt in that fight. With the guy that's not ready to wilt, I wonder if Gon, uh, you know, can in a fight that's like a dog fight, can he out dog someone? I, I have my I have my doubts now. 
after this fight, we go to, um, sorry, I'm just trying to slide this over here. I have like a thousand notes for this card. Brandon Moreno versus uh, Davison Figueredo. And uh, Figueredo pulls out the W, gets his belt back. It was a close fight, super competitive fight. I thought just Figueredo landed the knockdowns. And if you're getting dropped in a round, it's hard to give you that round. When you got dropped, you got hurt, and that you were the closest to being finished, it's hard to, even if you land more, do some effective work, but you never put that guy in a, you know, to me, like a threat to where he's almost finished, right? Getting dropped means you're seconds away from this fight being over, right? The, the, that punch was, effectiveness was at the ultimate value, you know, at the ultimate that it could be, right? Right before putting your lights out. It's hard to give you rounds after you get dropped like that. I saw that Figueredo was more calm, right? Uh, didn't do a lot of, you know, insane things like uh, spinning back fist, spinning kicks. Kind of just took to basic powerful offense that he has, used his explosion, his natural ability against Moreno, and it looked effective to me. Now, Moreno did good things as well, but like I said, that when you get dropped like that, you, the rounds have to go to Figueredo. I think I'm okay with Figueredo winning this fight. I had it for Figueredo. I think that they could do this fight a fourth time. But I think you also have to give the guys, the other guys a chance in this fight. Like, I don't think you could just keep running them and then all the contenders not moving anywhere. I don't think that's how you grow this weight division. Now this weight division has some, you know, pretty good attention to it, right? It has some eyeballs to it. Give Moreno one of the contenders. Give Figueredo uh, the winner of uh, Ascar and... Uh, Who's, who's Asgard fighting? Uh, Pintoja. G- give him the winner of that. You could do the loser versus Brandon Moreno or another one of the up-and-coming guys against Brandon Moreno. Uh, who is... Uh, who else? I'm trying to think who else in that weight division. I'm about to go through it. But, yeah, I just think spread the spread the wealth now in that weight division. Build it. Build these fighters up. But I definitely want to see a fourth one in the future. I think that the, these guys are evenly matched. And it could always look different. Every time you come back, you know, it could look different. It reminds me a lot of Benny Pacquiao versus Marquez, where it's like, you know, you're like, well, do we really need to see this again? Is this going to be better? And they always kind of like outdid each other. It's like, oh, yeah, of course. Why would I not want to watch that? This is that type of fight. It's like, why would I not want to watch this? I still think Moreno's a star, too. Now we go to the boxing card. Uh, pretty eventful. You got uh, Gary Russell Jr. versus Mark Maxayo in, uh, in a fight that... I thought that, you know, Gary Russell would comfortably win this fight. Um, Maxell has definitely raw ability, natural gifts. They make him, a, uh, you know, make him a threat. And probably beat a lot of guys at that weight division. I just didn't, I just think Gary Russell's the best of the weight division. I didn't think he had enough to do it. Turns out Gary Russell, which he said he had an injured arm. I don't know if that's the arm that he hurt in the fight, but it seems right if you put it together. I'm no detective, but if you could put the clues together, it seems like that's the one. He got hit in that arm, and the shoulder looked like it popped out. And he no longer had his um, right hand anymore in the fight. He was all left-handed. The funny thing is, is going when the fight started out, I thought Gary Russell was much too aggressive to start off this fight. I don't know if he was trying to prove a point. Uh, there was news that came in before this fight that he was going to be moving up to fight Chris Colbert if he won this fight. So I don't, you know, if that fight was there, maybe maybe you're just trying to build momentum for that fight. I don't know. But he came out super aggressive. They must have saw something and said that they could do that. Uh, 
And Maxile came out looking a lot better, a lot more improved, a lot more balanced. And I thought that the style Gary Russell was fighting, I was like, damn, this is risky, right? And the fight was super close. And Maxile was winning rounds, like, against a healthy Gary Russell. He was. He was pretty. He was being pretty effective. Then Gary Russell hurts his arm, and he has to just focus on a one, uh, you know, one punch offense. It was just his straight lefts, and he's, he, oddly enough, it puts him in the correct spot he was supposed to be in this fight, moving around, letting Maxile walk into shots, and Maxile just walks into straight lefts the whole damn fight. He just walks into straight lefts over and over and over. And then he stops throwing punches. Like, he stops being aggressive. And you start realizing that he, he kind of has a hard time working with him creating the offense. He kind of needs to work off of your offense, which I thought, you know, with his counter uh, left hand, I thought that that would be, could be effective for him if uh, Gary Russell stood aggressive. But the funny thing is that Gary Russell hurt his right hand, so there was never a shot to counter for Maxile. And it's kind of like just... Like I said, nothing was getting going. And he was just walking in straight lefts. So I had Gary Russell just, I had him at 1.6 rounds to three. I was like, oh my God. I even tweeted. I was like, it's turning into a bit of a schooling. But then when Maxile finally started putting it on, right? And they finally got to him. Like, I don't know what you're doing. Start putting it on him. Start lead the, lead the you know, put a, put a pace on him. Lead with flurries. He can't counter you on the, on his right side. It was too much for Gary Russell. You know what I mean? It just started, he just started losing rounds. And Max Al, to me, wanted enough rounds to get the draw. Now, to the judges, he wanted enough rounds to win the fight. I believe they had him uh, had him up by one more round than what I had. I believe that was the first round, which I scored it for Gary Russell. But I could see you scoring it for Max Al. Now, I, you know, there's no controversy or anything. Yeah, that, it, that's the way it played out. I still... I, I hear and I'm feeling like if like Gary Russell's done, right? That's like what everybody's saying. That's how people are interpreting it. Like, this is it. I don't feel that way. I feel like Gary Russell should be very confident if they had a rematch. I understand that his dad is sick. He has his foot amputated. That was his trainer. I understand that now he probably has to train his brothers. I get all that. But he was kind of doing that already. If, if you really look at, you know, follow Gary Russell's career, he was doing that already. He would do that on his fight nights. He would train both his brothers. Be in their corner for both their fight nights. Okay, this guy is, he's a great boxing mind. Like, it's just, that's the truth. This guy is very smart. He's very crafty. He's very talented. He's he's an amazing fighter. And he, to me, it's not a reward, but if there was a performance of the year and he was able to pull that fight out, he would have won it to me. And he would have been the leaderboard. And I don't know if anyone was really going to surpass that because he was fighting a legit contender with one hand and was schooling him at points. It was too much at the end for him to keep that up. And Maxile finally, you know, got in his head that he could apply pressure. But if they ran it back, I'm going to favor Gary Russell in that fight. Now, that doesn't mean that Maxile's a champion to, you know, that's going to be easily beaten. You know what I mean? He's not like a, you know, he's just not like, you know, just like a, a an upset victory that isn't going to go anywhere. He's not Buster Douglas. Who, Buster Douglas is actually pretty talented, but he's just... He's more consistent. He's going to improve. He's getting better. He's a big guy. He has good pop. He's going to be tough for anyone else in that weight division. But if you fought, if you fought Gary Russell again, they run that back. I have Gary Russell winning that fight. I don't think Gary Russell's done, but let's see. You know what I mean? That's I've been wrong before. I'm not so much. Uh, that's not like my best quality when it comes to. I've noticed like a 
reading like people you know what they bring to the table as far as like boxing twitter and you know just like all the guys trying to come up with not like the media members i'm talking about like guys on social media that just have boxing opinions i think they read that stuff better than i do i, I feel like my where i'm good at is breaking down fights or uh, yeah i feel like breaking down fights or kind of like predicting what fights are next i'm pretty decent at or where the guys like you know where you can prove and you know where where his weaknesses are, but there's guys that are just like, oh, he's not gonna do that because he's gonna go this way, and they they kind of get the business side of it a little bit more than I do. So I respect people that are saying they're like, okay, if he's done, then I'm like, okay, they must see something I don't. I I just me personally, from what I'm seeing, from the knowledge I have, I just can't see him wrapping it up there. I think he finally has what Gary Russell kind of wants, like a decent fight, a decent sized fight. Maxile and rematch versus Gary Russell seems like a, a bigger fight now. And I think that it's a fight that Gary Russell should be confident in. On the undercard, he had Subro, Matias versus Petros, Ananyan, and um, great fight. And then Subro, like I said, he came out looking to more pick shots, not give away so much on the defensively, right? Not leave himself open against Petros. Um, Petros came out way more aggressive. Look to push uh, Subro back early, and not like the last fight where he's kind of like, you know, chugging along early, uh, then really look to a bull rush uh, Subro. No, he, he kind of started that earlier. It Matias started off fighting smart, picking shots. You can tell that that strategy doesn't stay consistent throughout a whole fight, that he will be talked into a war. His speed and power played way more of a factor it was more consistent in this fight but he did get away from his jab he did get away from picking shots and it did kind of just go back into a war but his speed and power kind of saved the day for him this time when i thought that his speed kind of slowed down the last fight he was kind of like just taking turns with petros he wasn't taking turns this fight when he could land he would land and when he could put combinations together he put combinations together it's a candidate fight of the year it won't hold up to the end of the year but it was a very good fight very good undercard fight um an onion Took one of those beatings where I want to see him fight again. He's a very entertaining fighter. Some some things I like that he really is. Uh, there's things he does that I really like. But when you take that kind of beating, you know, it's just very rarely that you uh, come back the same guy. And with it comes to Matias, who is very good. And like I said, he has some physical gifts. He's not just a pressure guy. He's got some physical gifts. He's got some um, variety in his punches. It's just... The beating, you know, he's going to take the damage he has to take from that. There's a limit. There's a limit how many penalties he could take. So, if they're going to do something with them, do it now, right? If you're going to have big fights for them, do it now. Because there isn't a long run. These guys are like running backs, these type of fighters, where they can only take so many hits before the damage starts wearing you down. So, if you're going to do something with Matias, do it now, right? If you're looking to get him on a, get the ball, you know, get the ball rolling, it has to be done now. But he could do some very good things, and he's very fast, and he has good power. I think people um, might be overhyping him a bit. He just has that look of a guy that could be overhyped. He has a style of a guy that could be overhyped. It's always the same style and look of a guy, right? Like he, uh, not the, maybe not the biggest personality, kind of has like a stone face, right? Like very serious, uh, pressure, just, you know, that that style, everybody, everybody assumes that people are afraid of that style. I just... I don't know if he's, I don't think he's like a world beater by any means. But like I said, if it's going to happen, it's going to happen now. Is there anything else I wanted to talk about?
on the boxing card. No, there's nothing else I want to talk about there. In the UFC card, no, I feel like I covered everything I needed to cover. There were some good guys on the UFC, like uh, Syed Narmigamadov. Very good. You know, those guys are... They're just they're they're competing at a different level, like mentally. It really is that. Like they're not having to think or they're thinking faster than everyone else in there. Like they just they transition faster than everyone. They go from strikes to grappling and they grab your neck and those guys from that camp or the that family, they're a problem. They are. And it's um I'm so I'm super curious, like if, they, if they're going to dominate Bellator and the UFC, like, at the end of the year, right, like, is um, Makachev going to have the belt? Is um, Kamzat going to have a belt? Narmigamedov in Bellator, is he going to have a belt? Like, they're just, to me, like, they're, they're more trained for MMA. They're, 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 um, their system of bringing up their fighters, to me, is... Is better than the system we have here, or any system has in any country right now. And they kind of eliminate like the nonsense, and they just do. They know what works, and they know how to win a fight. Like they know how, like the scoring. Like the, this is what you do. This is the most effective way to win the scorecards. This is the most effective way to finish a fight. It's the most effective way not to take damage. And they're super aggressive, and they're built, and they're like they're they're not like. Um, they could take some damage. Like they, they are just built fighters, and I just feel like that. That if we're looking at like a um, an amateur system, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's like in college football, like you have like a, I don't know. It's just like you have an amateur system that works, right? You have like this is how we bring up our fighters. That one just seems to me to be like. The most effective. And that's not saying that, you know, they're not going to, of course, win every weight division and just be dominant. No, there's always going to be a guy. Like, look at Francis. He came out of nowhere. And he just has, first of all, he hits hard. But he has a natural fighting ability. That's why he can learn to grapple. He's just a talented guy that just, you know, we're all lucky that he found the sport MMA. So there will always be guys like that. But I'm just saying, like, consistently, that talent pool is just going to consistently be bringing contenders. And if not, just champions. Thank you guys for listening. This has been the S-Ra Podcast. Please, please subscribe. Please comment. Please review. Leave a positive review. If you're going to leave a negative review, you know what? I don't give a damn. Do it. Give me something. I just I just want reaction, right? If you give, leave me a question. I'll answer it right in here. I'll answer it on my podcast. If you write a question, uh, you know, my Twitter handle is S-Ra Podcast. Tweet me. Be like, answer my question on the podcast. I'll do it. I'll, I'll debate with you on Twitter. Thank you, guys. Please hit subscribe. Peace.